Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the Play Like a Girl podcast, one of the shows for SB Nation's Ohio State site, Land Grant Holy Land. We are two girls talking about sports because our opinion counts too. I'm your host, Meredith Hyde, and I'm so excited to be joined by my co-host, Jamie Yurich. Hey, Meredith. Thank you so much for having me. We are delighted to have you as always. Um, how is LA this time of year? It's wonderful. Um, it's June gloom time, so it's kind of like cloudy and looks like it might rain every morning. Um, and since we don't get rain, that's kind of a nice treat. And then it doesn't rain and it's warm by the afternoon time. So it's it's kind of my favorite time of year. Nice. So you still get your like sunny evenings. Yeah. And it's like, even when it, like, I don't know, it's nice to kind of walk outside in the morning and have like a sweater jacket on and then be able to take it off by the time lunchtime rolls around. I hear that. At least like your jackets have, like jackets have pockets. So I feel like when I'm walking to the train and stuff, I just need pockets. And when it's mm-hmm. so hot early in the day, I just don't want to do that. Um, Meanwhile, in Chicago, it is approaching triple digits and we had a tornado warning on Monday. That is like a big no for me. My parents have been complaining about that and they're like worried that the air conditioning is going to go out because that happened a couple summers ago when it got this hot. And I think they're just like, they need it to not happen because it's been so miserable there. Yeah. It's funny, we couldn't get like our air conditioning maintenance scheduled until July 4th. And I'm like, oh, it'll be fine because we scheduled it in like April. And now I'm like, oh. Yeah, that's like frustrating, but hopefully it'll hold out for you. Yeah, thank you. We're just a couple weeks away at this point. But anyway, uh, it's been an exciting summer so far. Uh, Have you had any weddings? I feel like it's finally, you know, June and 22 and like things are happening again. 
Yeah, I actually was in Florida for my best friend from preschool's wedding um, over Memorial Day. So that was really fun. Um, She got married like on the beach in a beachside ceremony and it was, she looked so beautiful and it was great to see all of our like childhood friends and their families. So um, I'm excited. And then my sister's getting married in October. So we are doing a lot of like wedding planning and bachelorette planning and things like that for her. What about you? Um, so I actually had my high school best friend's wedding in Charleston last weekend and it was beautiful and I did not leave the dance floor and my feet still kind of hurt. Really? That's okay. So I found the world's most comfortable heels and it was a game changer. Like I'm normally in flip-flops by the end of the night at a wedding and I was like, I could wear these forever. I need you to send me those. Maybe we'll put them in the show notes for anyone who's interested. They are from Lulu's and they're the best. I will send you the link. Thank you so much. Um, In other fun news from the summer, I have not seen it yet, but Jamie, I do need a review of Top Gun 2 or Maverick or whatever it's called. Five stars. All I want to do is watch Top Gun Maverick like over and over again every week. It is so fun. Like planes go fast. Jennifer Connelly is in like peak MILF era. Tom Cruise is like, I don't trust him in that he's a Scientologist. And also I trust him implicitly to save the world. Like if we are facing just like ultimate doom, Tom Cruise is the person I want in charge. It is so good. Okay. It's just like, it's just like a fun, great, big, loud summer movie. And I loved Something that I feel like with with recent movies is like you kind of always know what's going to happen, um, and it's like you know that the, that they're not going to like kill off a main character or whatever because they have ten other movies lined up afterward. But in this one, I was like, I have no clue how this is going to go down, and that is so fun to see. Well, with that re review, I will not ask for any spoilers, um, and maybe I'll go see it. I don't know. It's weird. So like being in the Air Force, people are always like, oh, like Top Gun. And I'm like, first of all, that was the Navy. Um, But anyway, I also don't know how to fly planes. And I don't know. If you were going to learn how to fly a plane, wouldn't you want Tom Cruise to be the one to teach you? I don't know, Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) I think that I, I think that that's how I would want it to go. Yeah. Um, well, in some planes go fast, Top Gun 2. Love it. Um, well, getting into the topics for today, uh, we are excited to have you on, Jamie, because we are celebrating a huge milestone in sports, uh, the 50th anniversary of Title IX. Pause for applause. Yay! <laughs> so we've got a lot to get into with that, but first we have some walk-in items. Uh, including we are recording this on Thursday morning. So we had the Stanley Cup Finals game one last night. Did you have a chance to catch it? Um, I caught like tiny bits and pieces and then I had movie tickets. So I didn't catch the end of it. Um, But I did predict that the Avalanche would win the whole thing at the very start of the playoffs. So very pleased to see them uh, in the final and I heard it was a very intense and exciting overtime win for them. Yeah. 
It was wild. So I watched the first period and then my friend called me and talked to me for an hour and I tuned back in at the end. And so it was like the Avs were up like two nothing. And then all of a sudden everything was tied. And I was like, wait, how did this happen? Where did Tampa Bay come from? Yeah. I think that like if anyone can beat Colorado, it probably is Tampa Bay. And I do think that this is going to be one of those like seven games really contentious finals, which is so much fun and does always like there's something so beautiful about when players win the Stanley cup and like the respect that they have for the cup itself. And I feel like that's heightened even more when the series is really close. Oh yeah. So I'm really excited about this one. Well, I just wanted to go to seven games cause I need sports further into June. Um, saw this other headline this week. Uh, so Kari Willis, uh, who started for the Colts last year, is retiring at the age of 26 to pursue ministry. Oh, I have not heard this. Tell me more. Um, that's basically it. He like he was a starter and he only played for three seasons. Um, and then he is he's just hanging it up because he wants to go to seminary. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. I feel like we've seen so many players in the last couple of years who were saying like, hey, I happen to be really good at football but this is not what I want to do. So I'm going to go do the thing that I want to do. So I love that. We've talked a lot like the two of us on the show before about, you know, prioritizing your mental health or prioritizing like your long-term career goals and desires. And so I am all for people who make that pivot. Like I've, I've pivoted careers before. It's not easy to do. And um, I'm sure it's definitely harder in the public's eye too, when you have like fans and people kind of counting on you. So I'm a big fan of people saying like, you know what, actually, this isn't what I want to be doing. And I'm going to go after this other thing. Yeah, fully support. Excited to see where it takes them. Um, and then the last walk-in item, uh, Army Navy is going to be moving away from Philadelphia this November uh, and actually playing in Gillette Stadium in 2023. That's next year, not this November, excuse me. I think that's kind of fun. Like, there's something cool about playing in like the big NFL arena. I don't know. It's a it's a big rivalry. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. And I mean, like the whole point of the Army-Navy game, I'm sorry. As a former public affairs officer from the United States Air Force, I will say the purpose of the Army-Navy game is recruiting for Army and Navy. And so the more they can spread it out, like the more effective it is, right? Yeah. Um, so moving it to... Foxborough and around the country makes sense. Yeah. I think it also like get, we'll get investment from people who aren't necessarily like specific army or Navy fans because it's just kind of like a cool event. Oh, definitely. Um, I always thought the timing was weird. Cause there was that one time where army like had an outside shot at making a new year six bowl or was it Navy? Oh. One of the two. Um, but they were playing after all of the championship games were decided. Um, but then it turned out to be irrelevant. But what a world. So as we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, June 23rd, 2022 marks the official 50th anniversary of Title IX. Uh, so you may have heard, we covered this on the show maybe a year ago. Uh, but just to recap, Title IX was a landmark federal civil rights law uh, that prohibits sex-based discrimination in any schools or educational institution that receives federal funding. Um, so 
that obviously is very broad. We've seen Title IX play out in a lot of different contexts, uh, and we care about it for a lot of different reasons. But the ones that Jamie and I are going to talk about today relate to Title IX and sports. Um, so yeah, um, essentially, like to kick us off, essentially because of Title IX, college athletics had to begin including women's sports, uh, which finally started bringing the opportunity for equality in sports. Yeah, it's really interesting because Title IX wasn't like intended to be about athletics. It was really intended to be about like education in the classroom um, where like at the time colleges and um, like their student bodies and the faculties were the majority were still male. And um, it was like intended to kind of even out some of the discrimination that was taking place in like in the college classrooms in the hiring process. It's like a very, very minor clause in the law itself. Um, but a lot of people would say like the sports and athletics element of it is really what it's the most well known for. Um, because it's an area that we've probably all been affected by, even if it's just like your youth soccer program, because now women can play high school and college sports. And so you're preparing for that earlier. It's, it's kind of wild how that was like kind of a, a, almost like an afterthought in the law, but is really what the lasting impact has been. Yeah, it's, no, you're exactly right. And I mean, anti-discrimination and education is huge, but I think it's something like 37 words that related to this clause overall. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's just so interesting, like you said, that sports is how we know about it, but sports is how we know about a lot of things. Um, And I I love that we all get to learn about this important piece of legislation because of the context of sports. Um, I did want to point out, so uh, you mentioned this piece that the original intent was not focused on athletics. Go figure. There was a time three years or four years after Title IX was initially passed when the NCAA tried to say that Title IX didn't apply in athletics. Um, Jamie, I'm not sure how much you've been following the NCAA's case that the SEC just backed regarding college athletes as employees, but it feels like there's a lot of parallels to the modern day. Yeah. And I feel like we've seen it quite a bit in recent years in general. Like there've just been a handful of cases in like probably the last decade where you're like, didn't we already, did we not address this with title nine? Like, why are we still having these conversations? Um, And so, like, I do think that there are definitely parallels with this kind of SEC case. And um, for the people who aren't familiar, they're trying to say that college sports don't qualify as work under the laws. Schools are not employers and athletes uh, should not be paid. Um, And it's like a whole thing. Uh, But yeah, I think that like we, you know, we've kind of seen this pop up from time to time and it's it's interesting that we're still having these conversations. Yeah. I mean, I do think the good news, again, it has taken 50 years and has definitely been an uphill battle. Um, If you look at the timeline of Title IX and all the cases that have been brought against it uh, to try to strike down or boost up some aspects of it, like it's been a journey. Um, But it does feel like that finally after half a century, we're starting to see true equity in sports on the horizon. Yeah. And I think we've seen a lot of like major victories too. You know, we, we look at like the, um, 
women's so- national women's soccer team and like their fight for equal pay. And I know the WNBA has had a couple of instances where they've had to like really fight for equality. Um, and I, we, I don't think that we could, that those organizations would even exist without title nine. Um, because women wouldn't have the opportunity in college to develop their skill set in that same way. No, you're exactly right. And like, again, I think you mentioned this even at the top, but some of the things that we take for granted, like youth softball or like your little kids, so- like soccer league, um, all of those things are made possible because of Title IX. Um, and so having the pipeline of amateur sports in elementary school, high school, college to pave the way for this network of professional sports leagues, um, you know, the NBA, they just celebrated their 25th anniversary too, right? I think. I think so. They, they celebrated some sort of milestone last year. Um, they wouldn't like, of course there was no WNBA before the mid nineties because there was there were only college athletics or college basketball for women a couple decades before, you know, like, yeah. so now we have this huge pipeline. Now we can have outstanding players come up through the ranks and play in the WNBA. And we've seen the WNBA blow up in the last couple of years. And I also think like, it's worth mentioning that these, there are also like semi-pro leagues. There are, women from the United States who are giving being given opportunities after they leave college to play sports abroad. If the opportunities don't exist here as professional athletes, um, I, my high school was a very big volleyball high school. And there are a lot of women who graduated from my high school who play professional volleyball overseas. Um, because they were able to go to college on scholarship and play for four years and develop those skills. Um, one of our school's graduates was on the Olympic gold medal winning team this past summer in, um, in the Olympics. And I, you know, I, I think that like the scholarship aspect of it makes college education possible. And then also there are opportunities outside of the United States that open up for people because they have that four years of playing time under their belt at such a high level. Yes. Yes to everything. Um, And even if you don't end up going overseas and playing, uh, I saw a stat that this is obviously outdated, but at the, by the 40th anniversary of title nine. So 2012, um, the number of women athletes who were participating in high school sports was 10 times what it was in 1972. Um, I know it's and it's like this idea that, you know, you don't think representation matters. Like when you see other young women or when you like know that your mom played high school sports, all of a sudden it feels like, yes, that's a thing I can do. That's very possible. That's very reasonable. How many people our age had like a moment and I'm sure we'll talk about this after the break too, but like that 1999 world, the women's world cup, when Brandy Chastain kicked that penalty kick at the end, when they went into like PKs for the win and ripped her shirt off like that, Mm -hmm. the number of girls that I knew who were like, I want to play soccer just because of that moment. Yep. Like they, they saw on that screen women 
being absolute badasses in a way that hadn't been like nationally broadcast with such kind of flair before. And that was like a moment for a lot of people in our generation, I think. You're exactly right. And like, I was hardcore into ballet at the time, but I was like, this is, I mean, it's honestly what led me to play team sports. I didn't play soccer, but I was like, I want to, like, I want to play a sport now. Yeah. And I think it's worth mentioning to that end, like a lot of us grew up playing sports in grade school, middle school, high school. Maybe we went on to play in college. Maybe we did um, like kind of club sports in college, or maybe we didn't play sports after high school at all. But the athletic element of it is not the only value to, to women's sports. Like I learned teamwork. I learned a work ethic. I learned resilience. You know, like you learn all of these soft skills that are helpful in your jobs and in group dynamics through the rest of your life. And so it, it does go beyond just what we see on the court or on the field. Yes. And when we talk about like the importance of Title IX and bringing these opportunities to women, like that's exactly it. It's not just saying, hey, you can go play soccer between the ages of like six and 18 or whatever. Like it's equipping, it's enabling young women to be equipped with these skills forever. I love that. I feel like that's a very powerful note to move to break on. Uh, We do have more coming up after the break, including some of Jamie and my favorite moments um, that have resulted from Title IX. So stay with us. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back. In keeping with the spirit of our show today, all focused on Title IX, we did want to use the second part of our show to celebrate our favorite moments that were made possible by this legislation. Jamie, can I kick it off with like a pre-Title IX moment? Absolutely. So uh, obviously legislation doesn't happen overnight and things were in the works for many, many years uh, with many women, especially in Congress, who were paving the way for this. But just before... Uh, June 1972, in April of that year, uh, was the first year that the Boston Marathon allowed women to run. Uh, Eight women ran in all. Um, But of course, like anything else, they were not actually the first and they had women who were paving the way for them before. Uh, Two of my favorite stories, like in all of sports, um, are when Bobby Gibb was the first woman to actually complete the Boston Marathon, uh, disguised as a man. 
Um, and then Catherine Switzer, who had a bib, and then when people realized that she was on the course as a woman, um, a race official tried to physically push her off, and her boyfriend was like, "Nope," and like helped her finish the race. So, um, those are like two of my favorite running stories, and I, I had to, it. I couldn't exclude those. I love those. Um, one of my favorites is, um, you know, kind of keep with the not, not quite running, but like track and field area is Jackie Joyner Kersey, um, who got a scholarship to UCLA thanks to title nine, um, which laid the groundwork for her career. So in my favorite of her many, many accolades was the 1988 heptathlon gold, um, in which she set the world record of 7,291 points. That record still stands today. And she holds the next five highest scores in heptathlon. Um, and then at that, the same 1988 Olympics, she won a second long jump gold medal, which set a world record. And a lot of that is thanks to the experience she got at UCLA from her scholarship. So um, really love that moment in track and field. Um, can you imagine trying to do a heptathlon? Like what a way to make you feel woefully unathletic. Like, oh my God. Seven events. Like I can't do one event at that level. Seven of them. Yeah, no. It's bananas. Um, it's so impressive. Um, so this is probably one like more directly in the spirit with Title Line, but in 1976, uh Ian Myers, who was a basketball player at UCLA, was the first woman to get a four-year athletic scholarship. Um, I feel like Title IX was enacted in 72, 76. Like, that's actually, like, I feel like pretty fast moving, maybe. Like, not fast enough. It's never fast enough. But uh, Anne actually was the first woman to sign an NBA contract with the Pacers three years later. Um, I did know that. And, like, she – it's the Ann Myers thing is really interesting because she um, was the first woman to make the national team in high school – uh, and she also was not drafted by the Pacers. She signed a contract. So she's the first woman to sign an NBA contract. But there's somebody else whose name is escaping me right now who was drafted by the NBA and then wound up not playing. Hold on. We can Google this real quick. Uh, do you want to go with your next moment? And yeah. I'll try to um, my next one would probably be Pat Summit being hired. So this one – Shout out to my little brother who just graduated from the University of Tennessee. But my girl, Pat Summit, being hired as the women's basketball coach at Tennessee and then going on to become an absolute legend and win eight national championships um, is thanks to Title IX directly. So we got we to gotta just shout out Pat Summit here. Was it Pat Summit who was hired at like the age of 22? Um, I was looking... I was looking something up and there was some like iconic, I think it was Pat Summit who literally got hired like the old coach left and they were like, well, you played basketball. I'm now I'm going to fact check that. My brother is going to be so mad that I don't know it offhand. Well, uh, fact checking me, uh, it was Lucia Harris um, was the first woman drafted by an NBA team. Yes, that is correct. Um, yes, she was. Pat Summit was 22. She was like a graduate assistant. The previous coach quit. And um, at the time, she was making $250 a month. And oh 
he the the girls uniforms were purchased with they did like a donut sale um and she was in charge of washing all the players uniforms Mm. and like when they would when she was first when they first started coaching she was like driving the van herself um they had to like sleep in the other team's gym for some of the road games where they would like bring little sleeping bags with them i mean i admire her scrappiness but like also hate that she had to do all of those things right but i love like the ground that she broke for she made this all possible yeah so and went on to win eight national championships doing it. So she really put, you know, women's collegiate basketball on the map in that regard. And uh, so I had to shout her out. Yes. Um, on a related note, I mentioned this before, but yes, 1997 was the year that the WNBA kicked off, June 1997. Um, so we are officially in the 25th anniversary month now. Um, and I just love, uh, I think it was Sue Bird who last year was talking about the origins of the WNBA. And she was like, when I was growing up, you know, like the Olympics were the pinnacle and you sort of played college ball and then you like hope to go to the Olympics. And then all of a sudden, like the WNBA was a thing that you could aspire to as a basketball player. Um, And I just thought that was so beautiful. Yeah, I agree. Let me see what my next one was. Well, I already mentioned women's soccer, Randy Chastain. Um, that was like an iconic moment. Yes. Um, and then my other one that I like really love was uh, when Venus and Serena in 2001, I, so I was 11 and they, I vividly remember them playing each other in the U S open final. Um, and Venus won and became only the sixth person to win Wimbledon and U S open singles titles back to back. But also I just like love watching the Williams sisters play each other because they are the absolute peak of what tennis is and can be. And um, so getting to watch them play against each other really is like the best of the best. Um, Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. I was playing tennis at that moment and it was so cool. Like middle school tennis, not like any sort of good tennis at all. Um, Anyway, so my next moment, uh, this is a more recent one. So fast forwarding quite a bit. Um, We all remember December 2020 when Sarah Fuller became the first woman to score in a Power 5 football game for Vanderbilt. Ah! It was was such a great moment. I was dying. Like when she kicked the kickoff and we were all like, oh, my God, it happened. Like. A woman is on the field playing in this game. Yeah, it was. (laughs) Oh, it was so good. Well, because I like like, wanted to be that. I played football for a hot second as a kid. Um, And like tackle football, not flag football. But the year that I had to like move up a weight, like it was basically like if you the weight classes were done based on weight, but also if you hit a certain age, you had to like age up into the next weight class. Mm -hmm. And I was like much tinier than what the weight class was. But because I was the right age, I had to age up. And my dad was like, this is no longer safe for you. My dad played college football. And so he just like made a judgment call that it was not safe, which he was probably a thousand percent correct. But I just wanted to play football. I love football. No. Well, I mean, I remember talking about this with Tia, like when this happened, and it was like this 
when you and I were growing up, Jamie, like where were women on the football field? They weren't. They they were sideline reporters exclusively. And it was like a big deal. Like I remember even just me playing it in like fourth grade was a big deal. Like people were like, oh my God, a girl. It's like, yeah. yeah. I like No, football. I mean like I I love that for you, but like, yeah, I like will admit I was surprised. I was like, oh, that was mid-90s. Like that was interesting. Um, but like now women are coaches. They're like, they're in the broadcast booth. They are still like, you know, sideline reporters, but now they're on the field too. And it's like, this is again why representation matters, because you can see people in all aspects of this game. And like we love this game so much. Um, and knowing that you can play any part that you want, anything is possible. Yeah. And also I will note the sideline reporters at the time were being hired, not, and and that's not to say they didn't know football, but they were being hired for their looks in most cases, rather than their skill set and their understanding of the game. Um, and, and, and I think they had to have an exceptional understanding of football in order to be hired, but like yeah. they were always going to hire a pretty face over um, and like a, an average looking person who had the same knowledge. And I yeah. think that we've seen some of that change too, because it's become more normalized to see women in that space. Yeah. Like people are really being hired for what they know and what their skill set is and their and that's not always true, but I think we've definitely made progress and I always want to celebrate progress. What a dream to be able to be hired for your skills and to be recognized for your skills. I love, like, you're exactly right. Like, it will never be perfect, but we're getting there. We're approaching yeah. it. We're moving in the right direction. Right. Um. All right. I have one last one. It's kind of a big one, though. So. Hit me with it. Okay. Mention first, uh, so the first NCAA National Championships for Women took place in 1981. Um, This past year, um, more than 216,000 fans attended the first two rounds of the women's NCAA tournament. The championship game of this year's tournament was the most watched college basketball game on ESPN in more than a decade. And that's and a college basketball game, men's or women's. Mm-hmm. And rounding it out, just as kind of a cherry on top of this whole season with NIL, with all of the changes that have been happening in the NCAA this year, the folks who have capitalized more than anyone except for college football players are women's basketball players. And I want to shout out Caitlin Clark in particular from Iowa because she is killing it with her NIL deals. Yeah, girl. Like this is a banner year for women's basketball. Yeah. Well, that um, is a kind of perfect transition to my shout out for the week. Let's hear it. Um, I want to shout out WNBA legend Sue Bird, who announced earlier today that she is retiring at the end of this season. Um, She will play her final season for the Seattle Storm. And then she uh, will be retiring. And when we talk about women who have just set the bar and been able to really revolutionize um, sports for women, Sue Bird is one of those faces. Um, she has been a part of, 
I believe, five Olympic teams, um, which is like absolutely banana. Oh, yeah, she won five Olympic gold medals at the 2020 Olympics, was her fifth gold, gold medal. She's won four WNBA championships with the Storm. Um, I think she has two NCAA championships with UConn from college. And so, like, all of that, all of those accolades were made possible because of Title IX. So it fit, feels like it's fitting. And uh, just want to really congratulate her That's so on um, um, her career and wish her the best of luck in her final season and thank her for everything she's done for women's sports. So my shout-out for today, uh, so I did play – club lacrosse in college um, at the Air Force Academy. That team is now a Division One college lacrosse team. Um, and so in the spirit of Title IX, I want to shout out like all of the women who came before me on that lacrosse team um, and who eventually made it possible to for that program to become a Division One team. Um, yeah. So, yeah. All the laxers who came before. That's all we have for today. As a reminder, you can follow Jamie at Jamie Urich, me at Meredith Hine, and the site at Langrant33. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to Play Like a Girl. And as always, go Bucks. Go Bucks.